This is Behind the Hotelier. Welcome to the first episode. So you'll have seen in the introduction, this was all about my thoughts, um, gathering my um, feelings at the time of being part of lockdown, situation that we found ourselves in at the start of the year. No one could have anticipated it. No one would have imagined that this was going to happen in 2020. I remember it being at the start of January, I'd attended a um, goal setting session and I was really ready to take on the year and see what the next stage in my personal and professional life would bring, as were we all. However, we found ourselves in a situation in March whereby um, we were heading into lockdown and our hotel group our owners have decided to make the decision to close prior to the government's announcement for lockdown so at the time I took a step back to think about the coming few weeks at the time we were waiting for a two-week update potentially little did we know just how long it was going to last and if you're anything like me you'll find that all of a sudden things had significantly slowed down especially for someone in my role as director of sales I'm constantly entertaining guests, I'm constantly interacting with people, our teams on site and all of a sudden that's taken away from you and you don't quite know how long that's going to be and exactly what you should be doing. So I had a few thoughts surrounding this once I'd got over the initial panic of how I'm going to survive. I do have to say though, I'm extremely fortunate to be part of an organisation whereby the notion to do what is right supersedes anything else. A little bit of history about hotel football and GG hospitality, we've always had um, a sense of care and community at heart. So from making an agreement over two years ago to pledge a meal per delegate to Foodinate, which is a social enterprise in Manchester designed to help support the homeless. They've now branched out across the country, which is great, um, but at the time we were the first hotel on board. So taking a step back and looking at how we dealt with that and how we, we pledged our support there to then was closing our hotels and offering them up to the NHS at the time um, was really something else. And it made you really appreciate just how fortunate you are to be with an organisation that's got humanity in, in the centre of everything and it's the core. So with both of our hotels closed for the foreseeable future, I was very grateful we had an organisation with a strong moral compass. However, it didn't stop me feeling three things. What I should be doing now, what I could be doing now, and how the heck I was going to homeschool my school, my children. I had been pondering the three for a few days. Um, forgive me. We weren't originally in there with Joe Wicks. We weren't kind of, we weren't engaged straight away. I think the first few days as reality set in, my two, I've got 14 year old and an eight year old. So my two were, uh, I think they thought they were on holiday and it was a bit of a break and it was like, we're not doing that. And I don't think they realised just how serious it was going to be. So at the time, obviously as head of sales at Hotel Football, it had been really tricky for the hospitality industry. Everything had been placed on hold and we found our beloved industry frozen in time with hotels, restaurants, bars, event agencies, travel management companies, 
and the wider network of the events industry forced to close for quite some time. We didn't realise, you know, we'd still be in the situation now as I sit in December, eight months on, where we're not quite back to where we want to be. I found my typical sales role had obviously changed. Um, I felt more inclined to take on a, a counsellor type role. You know, we've heard the phrase so many times that we were all in the same boat, everyone was in it together. It felt like it was a record on repeat, but it was just, it was true. It was so true. So I asked my fellow salespeople at the time, you know, ask the questions, how are your clients doing? Do they need anything? Can you keep in touch via just a simple WhatsApp or a call? You know, we'd, we almost had crossed that boundary of kind of your, your professional workspace and your personal workspace. You know, we found ourselves being on Zoom in your dining room or in your bedroom at some point, depending on what you were doing and what your home life was like. So, you know, all of a sudden we've we've touched a more personal approach um, to what sales would normally be. So it was a period of time where um, selling to a certain extent was kind of placed at the back of the queue and it was time to bring out the soft side of sales. So less account management and more account nurturing. I found that for myself 100%, you know, it was just about how are you doing? How are you? You know, again, just like my organisation was doing internally, looking at the human element and what it was we needed to do. You know, I remember clients thanking me at the time, you know, and they will remember it when normality ensues. Then we had, what could you be doing now? So once I'd settled into a temporary reality, that statement was less complex than it needed to be. I panicked for a while. And it then came to mind, you know, the sales podcast that you never got a chance to listen to. You know, the resolution that you'd set yourself about enhancing public speaking. This was for me personally, by the way. Or, you know, we all mastered the art of bread making throughout lockdown. So I know for me, it was pasta making. I knew that my mum and my nana would have been very pleased if I could make effective spaghetti. So I gave that a bit of a whirl. Taking examples, obviously, from my own thoughts, but the main point here was that in that downtime, that downtime might might not ever come again in your lifetime. And it was a great time to, re- to pause and reflect, decide where you are, where you want to be. And, you know, having the ability to develop yourself without guilt or without something else taking precedent. If you are in sales like me, you know, you might take the time to research like I did. You know, we still have um, a full year of sales ahead. You know, things are going to be different. So how can I adapt? What can I do? You know, different hoteliers were at varying stages of, of what was going on with furlough or what the hotels were doing. But it was a great time to sit and prepare yourself. We, sometimes, as, especially as a, as a proactive salesperson, I find there's not always that time to sit and research and reflect on what it is you want to do or what you want to get out of, of your time. So this was precious and it was a good time to be effective. And I felt it was great, not a great opportunity to get involved with networks that I'd, you know, maybe not had enough time with because work takes, you know, work takes the priority. So it was important to me not to waste it. So once I'd kind of got my head around what I was doing, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to dip in and out of 
volunteering at the hotel you know we had some fantastic people staying with us over the duration you know they, they stayed with us for a good five months in the end and that five months some fantastic uh, relationships were built and it was great to be able to meet people you wouldn't ordinarily meet these people were doing a fantastic job by the way you know they you know it's long shifts you know they needed a place to stay and it was great to be able to have that positive element of being able to help After all this, there then came the final thing that I had to think about, and it was how the heck I was going to homeschool my children. Now, this was one statement that took me so long to get my head around. So I spent the first week or so um, trying to get to know my children a bit more. My youngest is the main example. He needs to know every detail of every subject but he's very enthusiastic, only on his own terms. So it was interesting. It was more of a learning curve for me. It was not the school rush in the morning and getting out to school and breakfast club, etc. It was kind of having a conversation over breakfast about what topics we were going to learn that day. You know, yes, we'd come home with a few key pointers of your key English, your maths and your science, but what else was looming in the brains? So, in preparation, I'd printed sheets of research, comprehension, maths, you name it, I had it. I did attempt Joe Wicks, he was ready and waiting to start the day to get some uh, endorphin activity released. All was fine, until my eight-year-old Carlos decided that Joe Wicks was not teaching him. He will simply do it himself. He was uh, very keen on setting himself his own schedule of exercise he's an avid uh jiu-jitsu he he's he he loves his jiu-jitsu he's he plays football he does a bit of boxing and there was no way that joe wicks was going to tell him how to start off his day so we decided to do carlos's own channel thus then created an element for my eldest at 14 to take part in a bit of vlogging and she got a bit of a bit of what she felt was social marketing experience going on and it helped her then with a business project. So we found there were ways of navigating through it. It was interesting. Um, But I think for the two of them and for me, it helped us understand each other a little better. So I would then find that as we went on, we would... We'd, we'd find an eight-year-old sat listening to my webinar on what the future of hospitality would look like, you know, and they could then see just how important this industry was to me. So it was actually quite a nice, it was quite a nice feeling to be able to introduce them to my world. Um, during the time of being off, we had the ITM virtual conference. I absolutely love the ITM. It gives a broad uh, view of what the hospitality industry is going through and the, and the travel industry and it was interesting that during that time we had a lot of motivational sessions in there and you know for an eight-year-old and a 14-year-old to listen to adults talking about different subjects that are quite interesting it makes a bit of a difference and it's almost a, a bit of school that you wouldn't normal, normally get one of the topics we'd done on a webinar was about leadership and the differences between leadership and management. Well, that created a whole can of worms 
because I then had Carlos coming out with how would you select a leader in 1066? He was doing about the Norman Conquest. Well, that was great because then we set up our own court, our own um, way of looking at each individual, what character each individual had, you know, what their main focuses were. And we had a debate and sat and had a debate on who should have taken the throne back in 1066. It just made me take a step back and think, actually, everything you do day to day links back to being a child. And why not let the child already see how their learning now can impact them in the future? Fast forward it. We then looked at mindset and how your mindset affects you. And with that, we had the uh, chimp paradox. We looked at that. We looked at the inner chimp for the child as well. And it was interesting to get both sides of both um, opinions of an eight-year-old and a 14-year-old of exactly what mindset meant to them. These were the interesting topics. Uh, these were the ones where we were a bit thought-provoking. But obviously, we've still got to do a little bit of maths here and there. So the only way, I'll be honest, of getting an eight-year-old to complete any maths tasks were making them around football. That's the only way I was going to get him to do anything. So we would do activities. For example, um, he was a football manager. He had so much to spend. Here were a list of players. How was he going to make the best effective team um, with the spend that he had? But then, not only that, he's then created his team and his team have to attend, attend training. So over the course of a few weeks, this team were getting fined for being late. You know, they got points for scoring goals and he had to keep a tally on how he was how he was doing. So it was almost like a manual football manager, if you're familiar with the gaming world. It was just a way of trying to keep things alive, keep it more fun. But, you know, I did find for myself personally, it was difficult and I had to stay connected with my colleagues more than ever. Whether it was on Zoom, you know, I did so many Zoom brunches, I can't tell you. Um, but, you know, keeping connected with everybody, whether it was friends, colleagues, associations, anyone with a shared interest, this was a time that I remember that we needed each other, especially as an industry. When normality started to resume in some way, not original norm as we know it, you know, then we started to uncover just where the industry was suffering and it became clear we needed to stay united. So from a hotelier perspective, I'm hoping that this lesson now, that this year, will help us to evolve cross-city relationships and help us to learn to put the needs of our clients first, refer more and collaborate better. I think this year has taught me it's almost the end of a severe competitive streak and how we can be there and learn from each other to help make a better experience as we move on. I'm not sure what anyone thinks of that. It'd be interesting to see any feedback. Um, but yeah, massive learning curve for me on how to be a homeschooling hotelier. I think next I will look at more of the grief cycle and the emotive aspect of it. But for now, I will leave you with that. Thank you.
Welcome back to Behind the Hotelier. If you listened to the last episode, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And if you subscribed, then I cannot tell you how much that means to me. Um, it's been a few days, obviously, since I pieced the last one. Um, so that was when I started putting down my thoughts, everything that I'd done on scrappy pieces of paper. Um, so this now continues. I'd mentioned last time that I wanted to touch on the grief cycle and explain a little bit more about why that is something I started to look into a little bit more and why I felt it was important to share. So, it sounds a little bit dramatic. However, the grief cycle and COVID for me has been something I've enjoyed trying to understand. So, from my original uh, thought process about how I was going to get through the first few weeks of lockdown, I then came to a point where I started to feel really often optimistic and glass half full. Um, that's what I wanted to be. But as the days morphed into weeks, and now I'll be honest, I sit here in December and I, I feel like I'm visiting certain parts of this again. But I found it more and more difficult to keep that positive mindset, that glass half full mindset. So I started to think a little bit more deeply about it. Now, I work in the hospitality industry and I am a hotelier. I look at, I look after sales for the hotel that I'm at, Hotel Football. Love it. Okay, keeps me going. It's kept me going. My team have kept me going. My owners have kept me going all of this time. Um, they've kept me sane and above water. However, hospitality itself is described as the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors or strangers. So in that one statement, you can probably see where I'm heading. So everything that makes my industry what it is, on the whole, has been eradicated. So for my role, as I say in sales, a huge part of my own personal day-to-day being has been taken away. So it had been taken away at the time of me writing this, and it's still not back kind of eight months later so these are things like familiarization trips you know having people over at the hotel and showing them what we're all about gala dinners networking luncheons award ceremonies you know road trips all across the country the things that make my job incredible you know what I would give now to be able to get into my car and drive to one of my clients that I work with and bring cupcakes and have a chat and explain what's new with hotel football or stock exchange. I would love that more than anything and I miss it. It's that human interaction. It's all gone. We can do Zoom but it's not quite the same. So I found I was continually just aimlessly scrolling through various social platforms trying to understand how everyone else was dealing with this sudden change to life as we know it. You know, as you can probably imagine, people that I follow are either related in some way or another to my industry, and I was, I was, I was intrigued. You know, what's everyone doing? Um, it seemed everyone was doing all right. You know, there was a, a lot of activity going on, but somehow it didn't give me any personal reassurance. So after a few conversations with someone that I'd met by chance and I didn't really have a relatively close relationship with at the time, it hit me. 
and I'd focused so much on keeping focused that I'd not given myself any time to grieve. Now, I understand, again, as I said in the beginning, grief sounds dramatic, but please stay with me. So back in university, one of the topics that I remember thoroughly enjoying was around change management. It's something that we need because it helps us to grow. However, it's not always a welcome change. You know, sometimes it's forced, you know, sometimes it's something you know you've got to do, you don't really want to do it. And I can tell you that for me, and most likely others too, COVID-19 has not been a welcome change at the moment, okay? The life that I'd become accustomed to has been turned completely upside down. You know, yes, the same will have happened in other industries, but I do feel very, um, I feel a little bit touchy about this subject actually, but I believe hospitality has been probably hurt and turned upside down more than others. I talk about hospitality in the wider context, so not just what you see in terms of accommodation providers or events or socialising, but it's the wider network, you know, our our wider supply chain, our events colleagues, you know, live events, outdoor events, AV technicians, people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. So, whilst I started to look at this, it brought me back to the Kubler-Ross change curve. Now, for reference, you can look at this online, and it's the five stages of grief. And each phase, for me, had a different translation. And it was possibly what maybe many of us were feeling, especially in similar roles to myself. So I decided to put together um, how I thought it translated to me to see if I could help anyone. So the first is shock and denial. So... I believe both of these stages sit together. So the human initial reaction is self-preservation. So the shock is quickly followed by our intellectual or emotional rejection of something that's potentially clear and obvious. So again, grouping these two together, that could have been initial thoughts right at the beginning. You know, the whole thing has been blown out of proportion. We've seen it, we've seen news articles. You know, it's the same as the flu. People get the flu every year. Hardly anyone dies. The media just trying to gain uh, clicks and likes and sell newspapers. And, oh, I'm, I'm not in a high-risk category. It doesn't apply. I'm healthy. So that's kind of how that initial stage would look. And you may have felt it. You may not have done I know I did. I remember thinking, oh, gosh, come on. You know, because we, we've never... Well, I've never faced anything like that before. So... That was the first one. We then get to frustration. So the feeling of anger and frustration can be overpowering. So naturally, we tend to move towards anger in a way of clawing back control over our fears. So before we're ready to accept the problem, we become quite hostile, maybe blaming others, lashing out, refusing to comply with the rules. You know, again, we saw it. I'm not doing that. Okay. So with that, you have... Things like, way back in the beginning we heard it, oh, it's all China's fault, you know, I don't care what the Prime Minister's saying, I'm going to go to work anyway. I'm not staying on my own, I'm bored. So, again, it's that I'm still going to keep my little bit of control. Then we get a little short stage of bargaining with ourselves. 
So this is where denial begins to break down, but you're not quite ready to let go of the control you've convinced yourself that you've got. So in essence, we try to start and compromise and find a less painful solution to the issue. As we gradually start to let reality set in though, we approach despair or depression. Now, thinking of the bargaining, it could be things like, it's all right to spend time with others as long as they wash their hands before they see me. Or, it'll all be over by Easter, she says back in March. I'll be safe until then and then we can go back to normal. Or, I know when people look sick, I can tell. That kind of thing. Like, you know, as long as they're they're around me and they're all right and, you know, they're doing this, they're doing this, it's fine. Okay, so this is this little stage. Then we mentioned despair and depression coming in. So, this is where there's finally no more room for denial. There's no more. There's nothing else we can do, okay? The feeling of self-pity is overwhelming. We feel lost and angry because the attempts that we gave ourselves at bargaining didn't quite work, okay? So again, this little stage could be, you know, I can't go to work. If I don't see anyone, I'll end up with no one at all and they'll forget about me. Oh, this is a new norm. You know, I can say goodbye to my career and my dreams, okay? So this is the self-pity. Again, it does sound doom and gloom, but it's all not lost because once you get yourself out of that and you you follow that little curve, you get to the stage of acceptance. So it may take longer than some of the fabulous people you see on Instagram. It might take longer than the energetic guys that you see talking all over YouTube with their endless fitness classes or the baking sprees, but it will come, okay? Now, there was a point that I would say I was there. So this could be, for example, you know, I can't control the pandemic, but I can do my part by, you know, being careful, staying positive, washing my hands, you know, staying indoors if I need to, protecting other people, or, you know, just because I can't leave my house, it doesn't mean that my life has to stop. I can engage from home, you know, use technology, use what we've got around us. I could actually take that time to spend that extra time with my family. You know, maybe I could develop myself. I think I touched on it last time. You know, is there, is there a course you've always wanted to do online? You know, you can actually use that time constructively. You know, the world is going to change. It is going to change. Could there be a possibility that we will see something for the better? So it might be that, you know, we say it all the time, we work smarter, not harder. All of a sudden, this... Uh, situation of trusting people from working from home you know we've done it for a substantial amount of time now so actually we've built trust barriers we've broken sorry we've broken trust barriers but you know we've built this this trust relationship with our employers and our colleagues you know to know that we can do it so it's kind of again how you how you probably process this stage you know everyone will be different but As I say, I did think I was there. At the minute now, I'm not quite sure because I feel like we've gone through this whole cycle again. However, you know, I think I'm a bit more... um, I'm a bit more prepared this time to take each one with a little bit more care and not dwell on the negatives too much. So I decided that I was going to take the time for personal development, but both professionally on topics that had interested me for some time, but personally 
because I do think that we will never get this time again so again back in kind of June July time it was like is there anything that has been burning for me to do and I've wanted to do so trying to just change it a little bit okay now there was a point that I wanted to add so we've gone through this cycle but then you think well all right the green cycle it's usually attached to a, a person a loved one example for example but this is more like a role loss okay so it's not losing someone or something that is important to us but it's the relationship so this makes grief much more magnified for example you know I had been grieving that I'd not been the most helpful leader to my team while I'm dealing with changes and they are you know I'm not being able to come in with Friday treats and cheer everybody up or you know at the time when my fabulous colleagues were volunteering day in and day out to look after the NHS I couldn't be there all the time because I had a duty at home so again it was very it was very hard to deal with you know we were all grieving our regular routines or our journeys and it that you know that was not it was not something to take lightly really you know we can't fix anything um overnight Again, as I said, I felt compared to share this because as I'd identified everything and now I feel like I'm visiting that again, it did wonders for me to create my own clarity and it helped me to decide how I was going to organise myself with the impending changes, the continuous changes we now see and what mindset it would be that I would need to go with it. But one thing that I will say is no matter where you see yourself now, you need to give yourself time to grieve. So, as we would do, but you need to give yourself time to grieve because it's almost like an old life has gone and what do we do now? And it's how we rise again that will make all the difference. But you need that time to grieve because you've definitely earned it and it will help you fix your focus of where you want to take yourself next. Um, Again, thank you for listening to this session. If you've gone all the way through, thank you very much for listening to my my ramblings for a bit. If you're listening to this and it's just coming up Christmas, then I want to thank you for being here and wish you a Merry Christmas. I will be doing another installation um it's very hard to decipher my old notes now but I'm quite enjoying it I feel like it's very therapeutic um if you get a chance please do subscribe and please share it this is one key goal of mine that I wanted to focus on um, because I do enjoy talking as you can probably tell so I would really appreciate any support that you can give if you've got any ideas any thoughts please do visit behindthehotelier.com because there is a contact form on there and if there's anything you want me to look at or if you've got any feedback maybe there's something you don't quite like or you maybe want to know a bit more about I'd love that so please please get in touch but for the moment thank you again I really appreciate your time thank you